Hello and welcome back to episode four of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast. How you doing, Brandon? I am out freaking standing. Awesome. So am I. And I just want to tell everybody as we get started here that we actually have a guest today, not a guest who's on via text messaging, not a guest who was going to join us and can't join us, an actual living, breathing guest. Everybody can... welcome Hung. Hello, Hung. Hey, guys. How's it going? Woohoo! Everything's going great. Hung is from Wiley Woodworks, and he is going to be our wood expert today. So he's going to hang out with us through the law enforcement portion. He's going to give us questions from the civilian side that some of you may have as well that aren't in law enforcement and then he is going to enlighten us with his woodworking journey and all of his fantastic abilities in woodworking that sounds so, very npr-ish oh boy i don't want to be on that side of the fence <laughs> oh and so coming up in this week's episode we do have a guest and hung is going to be with us for the entire show we are going to be talking about a story in Oklahoma City involving a police officer who was attacked. And then uh, we are going to be having a draft today. We are going to have a three-round draft of our favorite television shows. Some of us have um, done some research, and some of us are just going to pick off the top of our heads. <laughs> and then in the woodworking section, we're going to really get to know Hung and how we got into woodworking and hear his story. So I'm looking forward to that. So first up is Brandon how was your week <sighs> so uh. we we are recording this on May 6th which means yesterday last night my friday was Cinco de Mayo which loosely translated into California law enforcement speak is just an absolute shit show <laughs> i think that <laughs> might be in every State, but more so in yours because you have such a high Hispanic population. Yeah, and usually, like, during the day, super cool. It's it's really awesome to see. But then the sun goes down and, like, everyone <laughs> Wait, loses their— happens different. Yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's like freaking werewolves when there's a full moon out. So uh. I walked into work last night to a homicide in downtown, a protest for uh, somebody that— was the um, subject of my agency's last OIS, uh, a protest for them on the west side of town. And then a, um, this is an actual scientific measurement, a metric shit ton of street racers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and all so throughout the city. For civilians, OIS is officer-involved shooting. Yeah. In case Hung was wondering. I was so, wondering. Thank you for yeah, clarifying. You're welcome. Sorry, sometimes I still speak in acronyms. It's Okay. When I was working for the electric company, all they did was speak in acronyms. Yeah. I so had yeah, this the stick. All right, go ahead. Yeah. So this week I had uh, I had a bottle thrown at my car. That was fun. What what kind of bottle was it? Uh, plastic uh, or glass? It was glass. So they weren't environmentalists. No, no. Okay. They were. I I really wanted to cite him for littering. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think the other nine hundred and ninety nine of his friends lining the street would have really appreciated that. <laughs> <laughs> what if you took all of them out with your car except for the one litter bug? Well, that was the uh, that was option B, and okay. I uh, I voiced that to the crowd that was trying to come out into the street and surround me and my patrol team because we were trying to clear out what we were told was at most a hundred cars okay. uh, ended up being two to three hundred and about a thousand pedestrians. Wow! And you were yeah. on foot? No, no, no. We were in our cars. Okay. So, 
on the uh, microphones, on the PAs. Yeah. And yeah, I, okay. I, I won't, I won't get into exactly what I said. Cause I think no, my you, mom, cause I think my mom actually listens to the show. Is your mom a listener? <laughs> she might be. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, well, mom, I, I'm sorry. I'm going to be swearing tonight. Please well, don't she, hold it she, against me. Yeah. She knows. I, I say okay. bad words sometimes. All right. I may have threatened to turn somebody into a pancake. Uh, oh, but with a frying pan or? Or with the grill of my car. Okay. <laughs> and then okay. tires. and. So did anybody move? They did. It was funny. Right after I said that, they were like, okay, I don't think I want to be here anymore. Oh, good. Yeah, you, we had a... you don't always have to be politically correct when you're on the PA system. No, and I don't think a lot of people understand that. Sometimes cops will say things just to try and get compliance. Like, we have absolutely no intention of running anybody over. But right. if it gets you to stop being stupid, I'm, I'll say it. You know, certain people or some people expect a certain professionalism to come out of our mouths. And sometimes I've learned over 22 years that you speak the only way that the person you're speaking to will understand. Oh, yeah. So at night, we don't speak the same to people that we would do during the day. Right. Just There's like, a whole different vernacular that we use. Oh, yeah. It's like I, the, I don't talk to people on the west side of town the same as I talk to people on the east side of town because they won't, they won't understand Sorry. me. No, no, right, that is rich people. It's like pinkies out and like, how okay. dare they? How dare they? Yeah. Yes. Like they have like really complicated Starbucks orders on the east side. It's just like, just give me coffee, bro. Right. I just, do you have any Dunkin'? Just like, we do have a, we have uh, a Dunkin' that just went up on the west side. On the west side? Yeah. Is that the, is that the, the pinky drinking that's side? The, that's the pinky one. But it's in a gang neighborhood on that side. So it's kind of like, kind of balances out. Okay. Well, the gangbangers have to. Some of them are very nice people hey. and have to have higher standards in gang banging. There yeah. are levels of gang banging. Well, yeah, you have your shot callers that they they're going to be the ones at the Duncan. Your right. little poo butts that are out there doing dirt. They're not going to be the ones that are at Duncan. They're going to be at the Seven Eleven robbing it. Right, or the of, Starbucks of coffee, of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so you know your sh your night's going to be a shit show when what? Uh, when you get to work and your buddy who works swing shift goes, dude, the city has gone to shit. <laughs> oh boy. That's a warning. Yeah. So I, that was, I once in, I once walked in when I was on three to 11s when we still did the small eight hour shifts that I kind of miss. I walked in the door and our dispatch center communication center was as soon as you walk in and my dad was working cause he worked dispatch with me for 15 years. So I walk in the door and he goes, hey, they're waiting for you in the 3800 block of such and such. And I'm like, I'm just walking in the fucking door. <laughs> like, <laughs> what could they possibly need me for? Oh, they have a floater. I'm Ew. like, what? At, at the time, I'm like, what are you talking about? They have a floater. He goes, yeah, a dead person that washed up on this. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so that day, I knew I was going to have a bad day, right? Because I got to go over there and watch the fire departments coordinate with a rope and a boat and they reach over and they're trying to pull her her in to the boat but her skin slipping off her arms oh, you know yeah. they're trying yeah because she she went in and like stayed there you know, in november Ooh. i found her shoes and a cigarette when she went in back in november and this was in the spring so she had been in you know for a while and so, yeah so anyway so and this week, so what else happened? Because I, I knew Monday when going in, it was going to be a shit show for me. So Yeah, what well, else? I knew I knew going into the week it was going to be a long one because we started out working uh, 12s for that first weekend because I go in on Sunday nights. 
So they were thinking, hey, they'll probably do all their celebrating on that first weekend with Cinco falling on Wednesday. And then they were right. They celebrated. Died down Monday and Tuesday. And then Wednesday, it was like they thought that they weren't going to celebrate again. So, so, so there were, so, again. yeah, so there were, there were no 12 hour shifts. Like we didn't have this pre-planned or anything like that. Our whole special ops division was on call for, uh, I call it stupidity duty. And then they're scrambling for each shift to get people to be a part of, uh, what we call mobile field forces or like basically crowd control, right? Control yeah. We have stuff. a mobile field force. Um, yeah. So, force. yeah. So they'll like designate people from patrol each kind of each night and, uh, we had three teams designated, and before I even walked into roll call in a briefing, they're like, "Yeah, um, mobile field force one and two, uh, get your shit and go." <laughs> Gosh, so when you so it. when you get told to just go to this the command post, it's like, "Yeah, it's going to be a long night." And did it was. You go, did you go? Can I stop and get my coffee first, or do I no, just see, have to go see right the, over there? The nice thing about our command post is they have coffee there and snacks, so it's usually. Hung. This is this the is, money that's on the West Coast hung. So, so this is it. why, like, the day shift and the midnight shift hate swing shift. Because usually when they do the 12-hour thing, uh, all of swing shift is dedicated as a mobile field force. Okay. And they'll go to the command post and they'll hang out and basically wait to be deployed. Well, half the time they just sit there, sit there and end up eating food, drinking coffee, and just hanging out watching, you know, Netflix and watching the feed from the helicopter. Right. So while the rest of us are just getting our brains beaded with taking – reports all night uh, so see, it's we, a, anytime you can go there it's kind of a nice little relaxing time yeah although you're wearing all that big ass gear right you got all the gear and the yeah. thing and all that stuff well i don't i don't don all of that stuff until it's time to actually deploy so i'll have like my gas mask on my belt but i okay. won't throw on the helmet or anything yet because i've learned that your neck gets really tired oh, if you have yeah. that crap on the whole time so right you and it's really hard like... to get in and out of the car Right, you need a neck like Triple H or something. Yeah. Hold your head up for that long with a helmet on. Yeah. So, Hung, how was your week? Uh, it's going okay. It was actually pretty busy at work. Um, it's month end. I'm in the, I'm in accounting, if you didn't know that, or okay. for your listeners and stuff. But I'm in accounting, and it's our month end. Oh, and yeah. That's pretty much the busy time of the month. And, um, yeah, just that. Not much time in the garage. I have a newborn. So I've been taking Yay. care of her. Yay. <laughs> so what's your um, baby's name? My baby's name is Eloise Maven. Beautiful. That's a great name. How old is she? She is uh, coming up four weeks now. So um, how long is she? How long is she? She's yeah, you know, because babies long. aren't tall. They're long. She's actually pretty long. Nobody <laughs> remembers imagine. what length their child was. So except you. for maybe except for maybe all the mothers. Right. I can remember the time each of my kids was born, but I can't remember weight or length. Okay. Yeah, my our baby, I know the weight cuz she was uh undersized. She's she was 4 pounds 5 ounces. So Wow. Yeah, pretty tiny. She was a a preemie baby. Um she was born actually a month exactly before her due date. So she was in the NICU for three weeks now and then she finally came home last week so oh celebrations all around yeah 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 congratulations thanks man it's been it's been a lot uh nicer having her home rather than going to the hospital every night after work and mama's doing well mama's doing well she 
she is, uh, yeah, she's doing well. She's taking care of the baby right now while I'm hanging out with you guys. <laughs> I'll tell Janet I said thank you. Yeah, will yeah, do. <laughs> for letting you play for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I- I'll tell you how my week went. So this is my long week where I'm only off Wednesday night and Thursday night, and we happen to be recording this on Thursday night, um, Cinco de Sixth, if that's a thing. And uh, so Monday in Chicago land area, it was Polish Independence Day. So here's what I get when I'm driving in. I'm on the main street driving into my police department, and I'm being passed by about, oh, I don't know, 100 cars with Polish flags on them, on the hoods, on the trunks, out the windows. Oh, look, here's five assholes on dirt bikes doing wheelies right past the police department. Not only are they not on a motorcycle that's street legal, they're not even riding it legally. So I'm thinking, oh, shit. It's going to be one of the... I thought I was going to be off this day, damn it. (laughs) So like your Cinco de Mayo, uh, Polish Independence Day is nothing but an issue. And we were supposed to get a shitload of rain. And the skies were pretty dark. And I I walked in and I'm like, I, the guys in the squad room, some guys were doing paper you know, reports and stuff. And I'm like, it's fucking a bunch of assholes just speeding past the police department doing wheelies. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's Polish Independence Day. I said, why aren't you sitting out there <laughs> busting up? <laughs> they're like, fuck that. Because there's like 900 of people driving by, you know. So for the first few hours of our shift, all we were doing was my call sign is like 758. So 758, uh, take the 50 reckless drivers heading southbound. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? (laughs) So as we're chasing all these calls for service for idiots doing donuts in parking lots, tearing up asphalt, uh, all this shit, right? You can't punish anybody because you can't just grab the guy who's doing it because you can't get to him. By the time you're there, everyone's scattering. And at one point I had just pulled off to the side and I just wanted to, eat my freaking breakfast sandwich that I made from home, a peanut butter sandwich, have my banana and my coffee. No, you can't have that. I was trying really hard. And then my deputy chief calls me about uh, some time off thing that we were talking about. And I go, "Uh, Joe, I'm about to go get in a motorcycle. I told my sergeant as I walked out, going to get in a motorcycle, Chase. (laughs) And he goes, don't you dare. So I told my deputy chief, I'm like, I'm about to chase some asshole on a motorcycle. He's like, no, don't do it. And I go, then I'm going to run over him with my squad car after he wipes out in front of me. He goes, what are you talking about? You're going to get sued. I go, I'm doing it, Joe. And he's like, don't do it. So I uh, I was frustrated about all that I'm, shit that was going on. I'm getting these damn two weeks off, damn it. Right, yeah. Put me on leave without with pay. I don't care. So that was Monday. And luckily it started raining, you know, about two hours into the shift. So we had one last call for service with about 60 cars in various parking lots. They had all joined up together and three of us cruised over there and um, they were like running red lights and all this stuff together. So, you know, there's really nothing you can do. Uh, Brandon and I talked about it real quick before the show. It's basically, there's you're outnumbered. So we're not doing anything with that but then uh tuesday night i was just relaxing you know working on the podcast the last one that just dropped on wednesday editing it and stuff and we get a call of a stabbing oh no this one was a call of a 1050 which hung out here in illinois 1050 is a property damage crash car accident and i say crash because accidents can be avoided yeah 
Well, see, for me, a, a 1050 means a report. Yeah, see, that's why like, we so can't you say, do 10 you say You say 1050, and I shudder. I'm like, damn <laughs> it. <laughs> 1050 and 1057 is a hit and run. Okay. So we get the call of a, of, of a 1050 that just occurred, and the driver of the offending vehicle is threatening to shoot the person whose car was parked that he hit. Sounds legit. Okay, so I, I leave this area where I'm hiding. It's a nice big parking lot that's empty with empty buildings, and I, I got my lights on. I'm trying to pull out onto a main street. And once again, no one's stopping to let me out. So I, like, pull out in front of somebody who's coming westbound. He stops. But the guy that was going eastbound in front of me, he just continues. He doesn't even bother to slow down for me or even stop and let me in. So I get behind him, and I'm not paying attention to him because I'm on my way to a guy with a gun, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to pick up speed, and I'm noticing that the guy in this Jeep Cherokee in front of me, he's, you know, we're doing 35 miles an hour is the speed limit. He has to be doing at least 60. He's right in front of me. And he, now, this is a four-lane road that is under construction and goes down to two lanes. There's cars in front of him. He goes into the opposite one lane of traffic to go around three cars that were in front of him. Then he gets back in the eastbound lane. Then he goes back into the oncoming lane of traffic. He blows two red lights. This guy's running from me, and I have no fucking idea what he just did. <laughs> and I can't find out because I'm on my way to a call with a guy with a gun. Oh, man. So I pull up to the crash scene, and as soon as I'm pulling up, the guy who owned this vehicle that was struck, he's, he was awoken from the crash. He was in his house. He came out. He's standing next to the car. The car door is open on the offending vehicle, and I pull up behind that car, and just as I go to get out, the driver bolts, just takes off. <laughs> thank God, on foot, he starts running. And thank God I'm not in Chicago, because I would then have to request <laughs> from my sergeant if I can get into a foot pursuit with this asshole. So I just get on the radio, you know, we got a runner. And I shut my car door, and I, I, drive, I drive as far as I can in a foot chase, because it's faster. My car can go faster than my feet. It's way so more I, efficient. Right. Makes so sense. I drive up to the corner, like in this yard that he went to, and by then my partner was showing up. So he goes around to the front, and as I'm, I got my gun out, I'm coming out to the backyard, and uh, I see the guy. He has to be, I don't know, maybe 25 yards away, and he's hiding under a back porch. So I, I got him at gunpoint. You know, I tell him to freeze, announce my office, all that bullshit. Fucking guy knocks over a garbage can that was blocking him in and takes off again. So I start chasing him again, but he goes through a gangway of two yards, and then he makes a left, I think, because by the time I get through, he's gone. So then there's a guy across the street, and he's frantically waving to me and my buddy. He went that way. He went that way. I'm like, okay. So I start looking in the yards next to those houses, you know. And then he's like, no, 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 on this side of the street. I'm like, well, fucking tell me that in the first place. Like, <laughs> over here. Oh, not, he went that way. So we cross the street and we search, you know, all the houses. And then my boss calls for a dog from a neighboring town. But that dog's off that night. He had the day off. So this asshole got away. So we then, you know, then we're, this was a seven-hour report for me, right? Because I'm the E.T., 
So I, I have to tow the car back to the fire department where we process it for fingerprints and all that kind of shit. It wasn't reported stolen. We had to get another agency involved to make contact with the owner. And uh, so that was an interesting night. And after I wrote this 20-page report, oh, including geez. pictures and evidence stuff and everything, um, I came in for my shift Tuesday night, and the day shift goes, hey, we tried reading your, your report, but it's one line. I go, oh, bullshit, it is. God. I said, the narrative's at least four pages. Nope, it's only one line. I'm gone. Oh, I said, God. well, I ain't rewriting it. So my boss signed off on it. So it was fine <laughs> when he saw it at five in the morning. Jeez. But now it's missing. So I'm like, that's above my pay grade. I did yeah. my job. So that my poor boss was getting emails like, where's this report? And he's like, I okayed it. I don't know where it went. It's in the stratosphere somewhere. It's in the cloud. Yeah, so that's how my week began, and uh, I'm working this weekend, so I'm not See, looking forward to it. I had that happen to me with a with a report when I was in FTO, where it just like disappeared. So I started to make sure it never happened again. I started actually like pre-typing my reports out in a Word document. In Word, yeah. And then I'll copy and paste it into the report writing software, and then I'll right. save I'll save that that Word document onto a thumb drive. So I have okay. like reports I've written from like. 2018, 2019. I used to do that, Brandon, when I gave a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Because technically speaking, you're responsible for the software that I'm putting this report into. So it better work because once I write it, it's your responsibility to make sure you can read it. And, And we did our part. I wrote it. I submitted it. My boss approved it. And then after that, it disappeared. Yeah. So they could only find an archived version of it. So my boss printed out the archived version and then shoved it under the chief's door because the chief was yelling, where's this report? And he's like, (laughs) it's right here. So something with the software, if it's in the cloud or whatever, but the RMS feature, report management system, um, hung RMS, uh, that was something that's going to have to be addressed. But that was the beginning of uh, my week. So not much podcast editing done. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, so the guy takes off and he leaves his car. Isn't that like, aren't you able to just track his information at the DMV and then go arrest yeah. him that way? No, it's a great question. You know what would be really cool? Was if he what? was using his own fucking car. Oh. <laughs> so as soon as I, I lost the guy that I was chasing, I made my way back to the victim to get his you know, story, and we already had a description of the offender running out there. And on the council of the car, the center council, was an ID, an Illinois ID. So I ran the Illinois ID through dispatch. Of course, we run the license plate. The license plate doesn't come back stolen. Um, It also does not come back to a guy. So it comes back to a town that's a neighboring town. So I asked that neighboring town, if they can send a police officer over to that address to make contact with the vehicle owner. And then maybe we can find out how this car was acquired by this person. Unfortunately, I never saw this guy's face. All I saw from him was his ass, one shoe as he's running, and the (laughs) back of his head, and his orange jacket. And then when he took off the second time, he left his shoe on the ground, so I collected his shoe from under the porch, a shoe, matching shoe from inside the driver's compartment. He left a hat in the driver's compartment, which, of course, has DNA on it. He left all this stuff. 
it turns out it wasn't even the guy that had the ID, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, so that's not even, because the, the owner of the car, the truck who got hit, he's like, it's a big Polish guy with a thick accent, and he's telling me, why can't, that's the guy. And I said, look at this picture. Is that him? Well, no. I go, okay, this isn't him. And we don't know who was the offender. We don't know yet. So it turns out, through the investigation, my buddy comes over from the other town, and he had interviewed the girl who owned the vehicle, and she had just returned home from work and was out walking her dog. She leaves a spare key in her car. I'm going to give you a second to think about that. Okay, so she oh. leaves a spare spare key to her car in the car, and then she tells her friends where said key is. So if any of the friends want to borrow the car, they can she, borrow the car whenever they want. She deserved everything that happened to her. Yeah, and apparently she she has a criminal record too. So anyway, shocker, um, shocker. So she called the person who she thought it would be. He, she's like, "Where are you?" He's like, and she's on speakerphone with the other police department officer standing there, so they can hear, you know. And he's like, "I'm in the city." downtown why she's like did you borrow my car silence so we have an idea of who it is but we can never prove it was him so and it's not all the stuff i collected that we could send to the state lab to get dna and stuff it's a fucking traffic crash it's not a homicide yeah so it's not going to be high on the list of priorities for the state lab to process dna you can't use his uh, shoe that you got and use it That's like all... a Cinderella thing? Yeah, right. <laughs> fit the right fit if the he right ever foot. came back to claim his shoes, we would book him <laughs> with the hit I, and run. I have solved a robbery that way. With really? a shoe? With a shoe. Yeah. So uh, about a year and a half ago, I used to work in an area of town that is known for prostitution. It's not the and whole we town? Were... Just well, a not certain the, section? No, not, not the whole town. Just one okay. particular little block and um we were having a serious issue with the prostitutes robbing the johns and i was getting really tired of writing these robbery reports with the same suspect description i was basically just copy and pasting and then changing the prostitute's name yeah well no because they were gone yeah change the the victim's name time date all that so we get a call for a robbery involving the same three suspects robbing a guy at knife point we land in the spot where we know it's going to be happening and on view another one happening. But when we you're thought, sitting there. Yeah. So like we get there and we're like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is, look, is, this is robbery. This is robbery. Yeah. We can. Oh, good. So we pull her over <laughs> and we think that we just interrupted the, the one that somebody had just called in. Okay. Until we get about halfway through that investigation. Some guy comes up and he's like, yeah, I just got robbed too. Like a half hour ago, I've been waiting for you guys. Like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. This is a whole different one. (laughs) Well, while we're doing the investigation, there's this like fuzzy slipper sitting in the middle of this parking lot. Okay. So we're about ready to get everything wrapped up. We have two of three suspects in hand sitting in the back of the car and these girls come walking by and this, this bigger one looks around and tries to like slyly walk over, slip her foot into it and then start to walk away. Awesome. And my buddy goes, did you just see that? I go, yeah. I go, Hey, come here. And she stops and she she starts, she starts to look around like she's going to run. And this is how I have stopped every potential foot chase, uh, except for one, but it doesn't count because the guy was drunk. 
and like a hundred pounds heavier than I am. Uh, I told her, I go, I swear to God, if I have to fucking chase you, you're going to the hospital. And she put her head down and walked over. And as she's walking over, both victims go, yeah, she was a part of it too. Nice. (laughs) So we ended up catching all three and ended up putting, I think each of them was getting like five, looking at five cases stacked on them. Wow. Wow. Well, Pure dumb luck. (laughs) Yeah. On the way to my accident that I just told you about, we had a prior incident that occurred, we thought, in our town that my friend had to go to. It was my zone of assignment, but I was busy on something else at the time. So he went to a report of another hit and run. So he's over there talking to these people when I'm in this foot chase with this guy. And it turns out that the guy I was chasing, he was in another town. He slams into some car at this um, establishment. They follow him up to our town where he goes to get gas. And they're like, hey, man, you hit our car. He, like, sideswiped them, did some severe damage. And he's like, oh, the car's stolen anyways, bitches. So they snap a picture of him. (laughs) They snap a picture of him driving the car and outside of the car. Perfect. Yeah. So And then it was the same guy. So now we actually have video or pictures of him driving the car. And outside of the car, but I have no idea where that's going to go. Yeah. So sometimes they all do click together if you're unfortunate enough to (laughs) get all that paperwork (laughs) thrown at you. Yeah. And that, for mine, that happened at like, I think, four o'clock in the morning on my Friday. So I got, I think that day I ended up, because I was pissed about it. Okay. Yeah. So I put, I, I, this is probably the best report I've ever written. And I, Went there. I did all the research, pulled all the different case numbers, all the suspect descriptions from every single one of those cases, and put it in there. And then hand walked it up to the robbery unit and said, "Here, you're welcome," <laughs> and left. You have a robbery unit. We have a robbery unit. I'm we have so a whole envious of you. We have a whole sexual assaults unit. We have family violence. We've got a gang investigation. We got homicide. We got everything, man. That's even, why we're even simple assaults. We, we don't. We just do all that stuff ourselves, right? We have detectives, but they're they're buried in work because we yeah. only have, you know, a, num- a small amount of detectives, and that's why a lot of the local jurisdictions in my area belong to multi-jurisdictional task force. We have one for the homicide team that I mentioned that I was on for so long that does forensics and investigations. So if there's a homicide in any of our towns, um, this team comes out, and we have. You know, 10 to 12 forensic guys processing the scene. You got 10 to 12 investigators working side by side, grabbing phones and doing all that stuff. Because our department is so small and those around us, we don't have the manpower like you do. So Yeah. Well, even so, our our detectives are absolutely swamped. So if it's something like an isolated incident, incident of one particular robbery or something like that, it's it's going to not go by the wayside but it's not going to be high up on the priority list unless the patrol officer takes it on himself to kind of go and do a lot of the follow-up. So they like let you do that? One. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Stuff. We Sometimes they'll even allow us to go uh, temporary duty to that investigative unit to work a case or something. Or they'll help us go through of like, hey, if you want to work it, go ahead and work it. We'll you know give you all the support you need. We'll help you write the warrants for phones, pads, I mean, whatever you want to do. Cool. Um, so I had actually, I've actually just went through a, a search warrant training with our our gang investigations unit, 
So now I'm looking for a a decent case to sink my teeth into to try to do all kinds of follow-up on. That'd be cool. What kind of training, extra training do you do, Hung, in your field? I mean, do you have to do continuing? <laughs> I'm not being funny because I am licensed to sell life and health insurance. I have been since 1998. Oh, really? Uh, had a little side business with my brother, and I have to constantly do every two years. I have to fulfill continuing education requirements, you know, to keep my license. So um, there is always constantly training for every profession, not just law enforcement. And our trainings always get cut. Um, what kind of do you do any extra training and stuff? Well, I actually just started uh, a new accounting field um, before, like for the past almost 10 years, I was working in banking and now I switched over to a medical office. So there's a lot of training and a lot of stuff to learn there. So I've been training for that stuff. But OK, it's completely different than from where you came from. Yeah, completely different. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of cool so. that you mentioned that you're a uh... Your, your day job is accounting because I, I actually know a little, just a tiny, tiny bit about it because my, my younger sister recently graduated from college uh, and now she's working at an accounting firm and she lived with us for a little bit. So I got to see her like do all of her certifications to get towards being like a CPA and stuff like that. So yeah. I, I was amazed at how much work that you guys actually have to do on your end to go through and get certified to do, you know, what I would, I would joke with her is like, you're just counting people's money. <laughs> yeah, that's not the case is it yeah well not everyone has to get uh cpa certified i myself aren't i'm not cpa certified so i did i didn't uh go through all that but i do have my master's in accounting um but other Excellent. than that yeah other than that not much uh just trying to learn the medical field in accounting in general so wow well good luck with all that oh thanks <laughs> i'm sure it's uh it's gonna be a process for you as you go along yeah, it's definitely different, so completely different, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'll be uh, possibly looking for something in the uh, in another career choice in maybe about 361 days, or 360 <laughs> days, maybe. But sure. who's counting? Yeah, not me. I'm just, you know, <laughs> hanging out, doing my thing. That's what we want to do next. We want to talk about the Oklahoma City police officer? Yeah, that's. I think training kind of sure. comes into play with that. I believe it does, and I have some stuff to to talk to you about in reference to what he did as his response once we get into the story. Do you want to tell the story for Hung? I don't know if he knows. Oh, yeah, I'll give you a quick little snapshot of it. So uh, this Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma City officer is responding to a whole separate call, and this random motorist keeps crashing into him, keeps trying to wreck him. And he's, I mean, uh, the, the videos all through, I've actually seen it on Instagram a bunch, He's really calm, cool, collected, puts out, hey, I've got a car that's trying to, you know, cause an accident. It's ramming me. Rear-ending rear him. Yeah, so it's rear-ending him. It actually shoots up past him, flips around, drives dead at him. He's able to swerve out of the way so it's not a head-on collision, but the car impacts the driver's side in a way that it rips off the left rear tire. Uh, sends his car, his patrol car spinning, uh, suspect car goes spinning. And then suspect exits the vehicle and starts engaging him in gunfire. What? Yeah. This officer, and this is the part that blows me away because I, I carry a patrol rifle as well. He's able to grab his patrol rifle, send a round into the chamber, and then put rounds on target and actually ends up hitting the guy. He didn't kill him, uh, but he did hit him and stop that, that threat through 
the side curtain airbag, his airbag out of the out of the steering wheel popping out. And the whole time like to to watch the video because you see the body cam footage of it. He's just like it's nothing, just all right, two, two and you just hear real controlled um volleys at the suspect. He keeps moving the um the airbag off of the window so he can kind of see what's going on. And just yeah. it, it's an amazing thing. And I, I wanna know how his setup is because for mine we have like a little button down by our foot that we can push or we can have an unlock button on our control panel where we have our lights and sirens um but then i would have to reach over grab it bring it down rack around and then start engaging it i think personally i just think for me i probably would have gone with my with my pistol I kind of want to know what Mike thinks about it as far as retrieving the rifle and engaging with a long gun. It's not the second time I've seen a patrolman do that where he activates the rifle while he's driving. And kudos to that officer. I, I wanted to find the story and say his name. I have it somewhere in here. I usually print it out, but I was trying to save paper. I have a patrol rifle that I own myself. And when we drove the Crown Vicks, we had to keep them in our trunk. For one, that's a bad location for a rifle. And then we were able to do some research. My friend and I were asked to find a multi-use rifle thing that goes above your head. So, But everyone's rifle set up differently for civilians that don't know. I don't have a fancy Opticon scope on mine. I got steel sights. Mine's bare bones. Still shoots as good, just don't have the fancy stuff on it. So when we got the, the uh, new squad cars, which are the Explorers, they they came up with a fantastic rifle holder which sits in between the two front seats and the rifle goes in with the stock or the magazine towards the back wall. And then um, there's a button on our control box that you hit to unlock it. But I haven't tried this, Brandon, and it's a good, it's a good uh, point you made. We have to have our foot on the brake when we push the button, I believe to get it out because at least that's when I take it out to check it every day you know I got to put my foot on the brake push the button so I have no idea how it would work if we were driving and I had to engage the rifle I would immediately just go to my pistol because that's I I carry a 45 that's what I carry so I would have confidence and I've trained when we do the live simunitions training I talked about with you a few episodes ago we have trained scenarios where you're firing from inside a vehicle on the other side of the glass, shooting through the glass. Now, obviously, yeah. the paint doesn't. But if you can get in your mind that you're going to shoot through the glass, you'll do it when you train or when it happens. If you do it in training, yeah. you'll do it when it happens. So, first of all, he kept getting rammed. He's very calm. Hey, someone's ramming me. When I saw the guy go past him and then turn around and come back, I'm like, holy shit. Because at first, I, I couldn't understand what was happening with the video, right? Yeah. Some guy's rear-ending me or ramming me. Okay. And he's being calm. He's like, okay, the guy's not backing off. He's doing it again. And then all of a sudden, you can hear, he, he says, you know, I think he's turned around. I think he's coming at me again. You can hear, after the big crash, you hear the gunfire of the bad guy, right? Boom, boom, yeah. boom, 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 whatever it is, six shots or whatever. Yeah, and then he and puts then, out that I'm trapped in the car. I'm trapped in my car, and I'm thinking, holy shit, because... What are the odds, first of all, that this guy is going to ram a police officer off the road? What are, then, what are the odds he's going to trap you in your squad car where you're a sitting duck? 
yeah. he was a sitting duck, right? The guy's oh, yeah. firing on him as he's walking up to the squad car. And he was smart enough. At that point, my gun would engage because I'm stopped. <laughs> so yeah. I would well, be able to pull my rifle out. But Well, and that's the thing with me. I'm wondering, because in ours, you don't have to hit the brake, but you need power going to the control panel. Right, of course, because it's so I'm wondering. Button. Yeah, so I'm wondering if the car is disabled to that point, does it? Does the engine shut off? Does it kill the power to the car? So would I even be able to get it? Yeah, you might not. That's a good. I don't think there's a battery backup on those, right? Yeah. So I think that's. I think that's a good thing to consider for the guys that are listening or gals that are listening to this. Like, know how your equipment works. Know when you could potentially not have access to that stuff. Right. So that you don't go try to, you know, go grab your rifle. And now you're wasting precious time when you could just go, okay, I know that's useless to me right now. Let me go straight to pistol and then start addressing that problem. Right. It was Officer Samuel Flowers. So kudos to Officer Samuel Flowers. And I'm... Badass of the week. There's our badass of this week, right? <laughs> Last week we had the guy in New Mexico. This week it's Officer Flowers. He was never out of the fight hung. It's funny when we train like this, a lot of times guys just, they'll get hit with our paint bullets and stuff. Uh-huh. And then they just, they just quit. And then I had told Brandon the story. I don't think it was on the air of we were doing training. We use paint bullets and our real weapons. They just put a different slide on the top and then you get to shoot paint bullets. And we were doing, it's called simunitions. We were doing the simunitions training. And we were simulating traffic stops that would or could go bad. So you had to be ready for anything. So one of my friends who was 10 years senior me on the job, so he had been on the job for like 20 years at the time, we set it up to where he walked up to a car with a panda in it or whatever the stuffed animal was, and he wasn't taking it seriously. And I jumped out from behind a garbage can and shot him. And he his response was to shoot back at me with his weapon. <laughs> now... He was a veteran officer. He only carried one magazine with him, a spare magazine on his belt, just one. You know, I've got like five, of course. So he had one magazine as an extra. So he he shoots all of the bullets out of his gun, and then he has no more because he never loaded the other magazine. So he throws his gun at me. It hits my weapon and breaks my weapon, and then he just goes, runs off. And I'm like, after the scenario was over, I said to him, the fuck are you doing so you're telling me his tactics were effective (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) they were effective he disabled my weapon by throwing his own weapon at me and i told brandon i should have picked it up reloaded it with my ammo and shot back at him as he was running away but i was in such shock that he actually broke my gun and i asked him what are you doing and he said it's just practice and i said and then i thought oh shit because and i told him practice like you play and this officer must have at some point trained shooting through windows because that's exactly what he did oh, to yeah. save his own life. And I was a little disappointed that the asshole lived. Sorry. But they're both not the, look, not the police officers. Look, the, look, the look at it this way. It. Now he gets to go to go to trial and potentially serve prison sentence of, you know, what will be sentenced out as 25, I'm sure, to life for the attempted murder. He won't last. Plus all the other stuff. And then apparently it'll get good die. behavior. Yeah. Oh. Then he'll well, hang he might himself take, in prison. He might hang himself because he actually, uh, from what I read afterwards, he actually just wanted to die. So, yeah. I, you know, that's sad that he couldn't get someone from a help center to, to help him 
to where he thought he had to take out a police officer or get a police officer to kill him. So, But these are the calls that we're, you know, the defund the police movement is talking about sending, you know, social workers to go talk to you, like this type of person. Like, right. That makes zero sense to me. Like what social worker is going to take that, take that job for I, what, right. like 50 I saw, grand a year? I saw a video I don't know, sometime last year when all that goofiness of, hey, let's send in caseworkers to speak to these people. And so someone did a video, some police officers, where they show up and there's this girl who's really struggling with herself, you know, and she has a knife and she's in her room. And the police officers go, oh, go get the counselor. So then the counselor comes in and she's all, oh, lovey-dovey. And she's like, oh, I can go talk to her. And then the next thing you know, the counselor's dead because the girl stabbed her like 14 <laughs> times. But it's odd how that happens. Happen. Right. So, anyways, um, that officer, if you get a chance hung tomorrow when you're surfing the internet at work instead of working, um, <laughs> look up people that <laughs> yeah, look up Officer Samuel Flowers of the Oklahoma City Police Department because you'll be amazed at what he did. It should be shown in training videos, yeah, actually. Yeah. So, kudos to that badass of the week. Every week, we're gonna have a badass of the week, apparently. It's apparently that's gonna be what happens. And the good thing is this week is there are no police officers that died in the line of duty. Zero. Thank God. That's awesome. So, yeah, right? It's fantastic when your profession doesn't lose somebody that week. I don't know how many accountants die each week. Uh, but I mean, we get injured from paper cuts and stuff. So you got to worry about infections. right there. That's right. Infections <laughs> might be a big problem. Uh, so what we thought we'd do this week since we, we have a little bit of extra time is we're going to do a draft. We were going to do it last week since it was the NFL draft, but I didn't give Brandon enough time to prep. So he has told me that he has prepped, and we did a pre-show dice roll so we could get a draft order, and Hung's going to join in and, and, and pick. So our draft is going to be what are our favorite police shows, and they can be comedies, they can be dramedies they can be dramas and they can be from any year brandon even like 1955 because <laughs> if my uncle was listening they, did they have tvs back then or was did. it still the old-timey radio shows they were smaller black and white televisions ah. was but, it like um, the ones that were like three feet deep yes with the big big tube in them you know it's funny flat panel lcds when i was uh, in my early teens, I found this random uh, AM radio station that would play like late night. They would play the old like radio shows, like Fibber McGee and Molly. Yeah, awesome. And all those, and I would sit there. I was fascinated by them. They were do hilarious. You, do you find them now in your squad overnights? Because the WGN no. Radio, which goes out nationwide, they broadcast. I think it's on the weekends. They do old radio shows overnight, and it's pretty cool to listen to. I haven't found one yet. I've been. I usually listen to sports talk because that's at least not the same six songs playing over and over and over. Yeah, I I listen to sports talk as well. And our over. local Chicago sports talk stations, but at night we have one of them is ESPN, and I don't. I refuse to listen to yeah, ESPN. Yeah, same here. The the national. I'll do. C I'll do uh, CBS Sports Radio. We yeah we don't have that. We have another local sports station on the weekends at cbs sports radio takes over well it works out for me too because usually around midnight they'll replay the the giants game baseball game from the day before 
Oh, that's cool. So I can listen to that baseball game that I missed, and then it carries right into the usual morning guys. Yeah, nice. I listen to podcasts, Brandon, uh, at night. Um, sometimes my own. Sometimes I do. I often listen to ours, and then I make so, little notes of like things I'm going to try to tease you about the following week. And you haven't you haven't written many notes then because you haven't teased me yet. <laughs> well, I do. I do notice the creative editing that happens sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> I try not to leave anything out that you want to be in. I was just listening last night in the shop to the Talking Sopranos podcast. I laugh my ass off every time I listen to that podcast. I watched the show when it when it was on. I didn't watch it, but I I started watching it again like a year and a half ago. I recently finished it, and now I'm rewatching it every episode, one episode a week. The one that they're going to be talking about on their podcast, and it's okay. it's hilarious. So that's what I've been listening to. I actually have the entire box set, and I'm meaning to get my uh, my wife into it you should if your cd player or dvd player still works yeah i think you can, we can stream it on hbo on TV. demand you know yeah but see then i have to pay for hbo i already own the dvds uh, okay. i uh, right. i am also quite cheap well you're frugal not no cheap. i'm cheap i'm cheap all right i'm cheap <laughs> all right so i have a list here of shows so i yeah. get first pick yeah, which for for really those of did. you on the audio only portion, which is all of you, right? Mike just shook like six pages, <laughs> single spaced, highlighted. Like only this guy is the, the really good ones. This guy is attacking this like the NFL draft. It's I I feel woefully unprepared. Practice like you play, Brandon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious about everything. You know. If I had put half as much energy into this draft as I was into who the Niners were going to take at number three, I, I like would probably have double what you have. Maybe. How do you like our pick? The Bears pick, Justin Fields. That was the guy I wanted. I so I wanted I wanted either Fields or Trey Lance. I'm partial to anyone from NDSU because I spent six years in North Dakota. Okay. And so I, I like to see the Bison players do well and I like and I am disappointed that for the first time in like six years they will not win a national championship this year what's going on with Garoppolo oh Garoppolo he just gets hurt all the time (laughs) okay if he could if he if he could stay healthy he could be on that next level maybe if the queen had balls she'd be king exactly but the best ability is availability and he ain't available 90 percent of the time so you need to get that you need to get somebody better than Nick Mullins as your backup all right good luck being a cowboy fan, I don't wish you too much luck out there in California. Quest for six. It's happening. That we're on the quest for six. The Cowboys. Yeah, but your quest will continue for next year. Okay. Back to the <laughs> live police draft. I got first pick. I'm so excited because I have so many of these great shows I want to pick. You said it last week, and just because you were, it would be your first pick, I'm taking the shield. I'm writing down the shield so as my first pick. Okay. I've got a backup. So, Okay, you should, because, you know, you had time to prepare. <laughs> so for Hung, the shield, one of, what the hell's his name? Michael Chiklis. Thank you, Michael Chiklis, who, his first police show was The Commish, which also made my list. I don't know if you're going to draft that show. When Michael I actually Chiklis, still need to watch it. Did you? It was it's more of one of those soft, kind of fluffy police shows. Yeah. So it's so not. Like the polar opposite of The Shield. <laughs> yeah, so when he came out with the shield, he like reinvented himself in in that character of Vic Mackey, right? Yeah. Just an amazing 
for those of you who haven't watched The Shield, if you just watch the first episode, you'll be hooked. You'll be hooked because the ending of the first episode just blew me away. And I have all of those on DVD, all those seasons. And they they do stream on FX, uh, Hulu. I think Hulu Hulu. streams it. Yeah, Hulu has a deal with with FX where they get all their stuff. Yeah, so I will rewatch it for a third time at some point when I'm done with all the other shows I'm watching. So The Shield goes number one. That's a good pick, man. And basically that was loosely based on Rampart. Really? Yes. I did not know that. The corruption in Rampart and LAPD. A couple of inconsistency that bothered me with the show was, I think the very first pilot episode, the badges were on the wrong side. Yeah, that lasts throughout the whole first season. Yeah, right. And then, and then Just, like, the wrong color. Yeah, it, it's the wrong... Uh, they don't have the... Was it L.A. City Hall on the center right. part of it? Yeah. And it just, it. So for for cops and military, when when military dudes watch a military movie, it bugs. It. My wife cannot watch it with me because I'm like, why the hell is you'll have like one guy with like his elbow way out there? I'm like, that's a good way to get yeah. shot. Chicken winging it. Yeah, yeah, not tucked in. And, and it's the same way with cops. Is we're like, dude, that is that's not how that happens. You right. fucking idiot. They do this hunt, <laughs> like with a gun up next to their head. And I'm like, oh, if someone comes out of that door and startles them, they're going to shoot themselves in the head. They're not <laughs> Which like would this. be a hilarious twist if they actually right? did that for an episode. Like someone up like that, and then someone pops through a door and pop. That was no, no, Jimmy! <laughs> <laughs> he was a 28-year veteran. Oh, he didn't take his training seriously. He was going to retire <laughs> in 18 months. Uh, mm. So, uh, Hung, you have the floor. Uh, you get pick number two. All right. I don't watch that many cop shows, but I'm going to go with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, man. That's my guilty pleasure show. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Brooklyn Love Nine-Nine. That. My daughter has watched every episode. I've seen maybe 20 episodes because I haven't put it in my rotation yet, but every time I've seen an episode, I just laugh my ass off. Oh, yeah, it's hilarious. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Cool, cool. Well, I know it can't be like, because it's a comedy, obviously, but it can't be super accurate, is it? I I don't imagine oh, no, cops no. to be like that. I, I'm going to say <laughs> some of the comedy that's involved, yeah. yes. Like yeah. the shenanigans and stuff like that, yeah. They're like, because we're all kind of screwed up in the head, but that's how a great majority of us kind of cope with everything is we'll make inappropriate jokes. Right. Yeah. Or just so joke part, with each yes. other. That part. I guess what? Brandon's got the next two picks. Okay, so. I'm curious. For the first round pick, because this is worthy of a number one overall pick. Okay. I'm going Southland. Yes. I love Southland. The it's only one of my favorite shows of all time. The only negative on that show is the ending. Is the way they ended the series. Yeah, well, it was. I hated it. You know, the show came out on. NBC first. Yeah, and then it transitioned and then over. It went over to TNT, which is owned by NBC. Yeah. But I hate the way they ended the show as well. Yes, I totally agree. A fantastic show. Patrolman-based, that's why I like it. Yeah. Because I'm not a detective. I'm not a dirty cop, so I can't relate to Vic Mackey. Although, in, back to The Shield real quick, there's an episode, I think it might be the first episode, where they have this child molester lock. They, they brought yep. him in to interview him. Good cop, bad cop went home for the day. Right. He goes, <laughs> he brings in the big uh, paper bag. He's got a phone book in there, yeah. right, a box cutter. 
And the guy's like, ooh, am I supposed to be afraid of you? Good cop, bad cop? And he goes, good cop, bad cop went home for the day. I'm a different kind of cop. So, anyways, um, Southland, solid choice, Brandon. Solid it's totally choice. not okay what he did to that person to elicit his confession, but I think we can all identify with wanting to do that. <laughs> right, to a child molester who's yeah, keeping a kid somewhere? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, so the second round pick. Man, already you're picking again? Yeah. So Don't pick I'm, mine. I'm, I'm going to go with this one because I think it's on your list. And I'm, I'm going to deprive you of you. No, but okay. it's, it, it, it still is one it. of the one of the greatest right. yeah. shows ever is The Wire. It's funny you say that. So that's your pick, right? You sure? Yeah, you I'm going to take, take the wire. Yeah, I'm going to take The Wire. All right. Have you seen The Wire, Hung? I have not. Okay. It's an HBO drama. HBO doesn't do anything wrong, in my opinion. Uh, their shows. I had heard nothing but from one of the local sports talk radio hosts in town, The Wire This. The Wire that. Oh, my God, The Wire. The Wire is the greatest television show ever in the history of television. So by the time I watched The Wire, which was just last year. It's on a pedestal. Eh, you know, it was okay. There's a couple things about The Wire that I really like. The captain or lieutenant who is, you know, the big African-American actor. Yeah. He's in John Wick as the concierge at the hotel. Mm-hmm. Continental. I love him as an actor. He was fantastic in The Wire. Um, I like the premise of the wire. I never had to get a wire up on something, you know, so I don't know how accurate that is, but I know you have, yeah. there are certain parameters that they have to fulfill and only t- certain times they can listen and all that stuff. The acting in it is amazing. I didn't care for the season where the bad guy was like the dock worker guy or whatever that whole storyline was. Yeah. Because they switched, it was it five seasons they did? I think so. It was like five. Yeah. So the first season's all about the gang, right? the gangbangers and stuff. Although the main drug dealer who was gay in the show, remember him? That actor is effing amazing. And I just saw him in another show and I told Kim, you have to watch The Wire just because that guy's in it. Yeah. So that's that's a, that was a big thing for me is that it's just, it's so well done just from an acting standpoint, from a writing standpoint. And even a storyline standpoint, it was just, it was very well done. And it just so happened to involve law enforcement. Yeah, it was very, it was a good one. I'll give you that. I'm going to go with, and you said detective shows count, right? Before. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm going to go yeah. with Bosch. Oh, oh God. good. my next pick. Good pick. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I just turned my buddy Danny on to Bosch. Hung, do you actually watch, watch Bosch? Yeah, I've watched all of them. I think there's oh, three man. seasons, right? Yeah. No, yeah. four. Oh, they're four? Maybe I, maybe I missed one. But I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, I'm waiting for season five to come out. Oh, Amazon yeah. does such a horrible job promoting that show. I think they just do a horrible job promoting in general. There's other yeah. Amazon shows I watch that I don't even know when yeah. they're supposed to come out. Well, there's there's Amazon shows that I've stumbled across where they're like, they're really good. And if all they did was just promote it just a little bit. Like they would have these hits like on the level of House of Cards was with Netflix. Yeah. Before yeah, the whole Bosch. Kevin Spacey thing. Right. I, I enjoyed that show. Bosh. Oh, they're up to season six. Right. Season six is available. So up to season oh, six. Oh, wow. I'm waiting for season seven. <laughs> yeah, catch up because I turned a few of my friends on to Bosh at work, and it's an amazing show. And the guy who plays Bosh's 
partner, Jerry. Uh-huh. He's in The Wire. He plays the gangster in The Wire yeah. in the first oh, season. no kidding. And the captain, well, not the captain. Yeah, the, the, the chief. Well, he ends up being the chief. Yeah, the chief of police and Bosch was the captain in, in The Wire. Yeah. So. Um, oh, and Bosch's captain, the the woman, mm-hmm. she's in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. For all you people that just finished yeah. watching that, she plays the psychologist. So great pick, Hung. Thank you. Doesn't she also play the LAPD chief in a show? In Bosch, no, she's the captain no, no, no. in Bosch. No, no, no. She had her own show. Oh, really? Well, I think it was on like ABC. I don't think it made it past the first season, but I think okay. she ended up playing like LAPD's first uh, female chief. Oh, maybe. I have to IMDb her. That's a verb now. Yeah. It's like Googling. Googling, right. All right. Hey, I'm up. And since Bosch is off the board. I can call it. I know exactly what it's going to be. I bet you don't. (laughs) I bet you a beer. (laughs) I'm looking through all my sheets here. Yeah, see, now now he's going to go for the obscure one. No, I, you know. I'm scratching some off that yeah. I don't have time to pick. But I think out of all these on here, oh, my God. Okay. I don't want to lose this one pick, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope you guys don't pick it. But I'm going to take third watch because as a patrolman, I thought third watch did an amazing job with relationships of partners and patrol. I didn't know so much about the fire side or the EMS side, but the actual police side I really enjoyed. And my grandma used to watch it when she was alive. And I would go visit her and she'd be like, did you see what Boscarelli did this week? You know, what's about Bosco? (laughs) And I just loved that whole side of the show from the patrolman side. So I'm going to pick that show as my second pick. Have any of you watched that show? No, No, I haven't. Never watched Third Watch? No. I okay. thought you were going to go with NYPD Blue. Oh, no, I, I really wanted to, but having never solved a homicide in one hour, I don't know if I can relate to Andy <laughs> Sipwitz, but I, I do have a NYPD Blue story real quick. I know we're running out of time, but so the guy who played Andy Sipwitz, Dennis Franz, mm-hmm. is from Chicago. He actually went to a high school, Proviso East, which is in Maywood, Illinois. And when my daughter was small, we were at her pediatrician's office. And in the office was a girl wearing an NYPD blue sport leather Leatherman jacket like you get in high school. Mm. And the big NYPD blue patch on the back. And I'm like, where'd you get that coat? Because the show was on at the time. He said, that's my favorite show. I videotaped every show. I have all of them on VHS (laughs) with the commercials taken out because I would push the pause button. And uh, she's like, oh. Dennis Franz is my uncle. What? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> She's like, yeah. And this was the second season because who was the red-haired actor that was on there the first season? He went on to do Miami, um, CI, CSI Miami. What's his name? The red-haired guy. Anyways, he had he was off the show, and they had just brought in um, Bobby. Oh, we just lost Brandon. When I saw her and saw her, her coat, it was pretty cool to meet actually one of Dennis Franz's kids, or n- nieces, so that was pretty cool. That's, That's my really NYPD. Cool. So what I what did I write down here? I've got Third Watch. That's my pick. I think Brandon is texting me. I think you get a fourth pick, too. Oh, I third. do. No, I'm up. My third yeah. and final pick, but I have to wait for Brandon because his internet went out. So when you watch uh, these cop shows, are you able to figure out who did it? before it happens uh, that's a good question 
sometimes, but most of the time the writing, if it's a good show, you have no idea. Yeah. And if plus they you get don't lazy. see everything, right? Right. You don't so, see everything. Right. Law and order criminal intent, which is on my list. They showed it from the offender's view point of uh-huh. view, which was cool. Cause then you knew right away who the bad guy was. Mm-hmm. So you got to see it that way. Do you figure it out when you're watching it? Well, that's the thing. Cause the killing, I, I would say the killing is one of my favorite cop shows. Um, okay. Just because when my wife and I were watching it, every time we think it was someone, it turned out to be not that person. And it's yeah. like, because usually like, you know, other cop shows, you're, you're able to figure it out kind of. Right, well, they, they kind of show you like who it is kind of thing. But then in the killing, it's like twists and turns everywhere. It's, it's just, I don't know. That was like the first show where I, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> now we lost Brandon for the rest of the show. So, so it's just me and Hung hanging out and we're going to finish our draft. I've got, I got a pick and I'm just going to pick the show Justified which was on FX, and it's one of my favorite shows of all time, with Timothy Oliphant is the um, U.S. Marshal down in Kentucky. So that's my last pick. And Hung is up. My pick would be, and it's a toss-up between Blue Bloods or The Rookie. Ooh, <laughs> you got you to flip a coin. I'll go with uh, The Rookie. The Rookie. I haven't watched that yet. That's with uh, the guy from, what's the show he was on when he was a reporter and he worked with the police officer? I don't know. Castle. <laughs> oh, yeah, on, Castle. He was on yeah, Castle, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, yep. It's more lighthearted, so. Yeah, but you like it? Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. All right, cool. So that's it. We've got uh, The Shield, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Southland, The Wire, Bosch. Third Watch, Justified, and The Rookie. And Brandon doesn't get a last pick because his audio dropped out. That concludes the law enforcement portion of the show. We did have a number of law enforcement heroes of the week. We had two police officers in Chicago which responded to a shooting. And when they got on scene, they found a victim who had been shot. And they picked him up and ran him to the hospital in their own police car. They didn't think the ambulance was going to be there quick enough. So they scooped this kid up and they rushed him to the hospital themselves. It was on the south side of Chicago. Officer Rhonda Ward, Chicago police officer, she drove the squad with Officer Givens in the back seat with the victim and he kept him calm and kept him awake, Officer Julius Givens. So those two Chicago police officers are on the hero's of the week. Have you ever had That's to save awesome. someone's life, Hung? Uh, no, I can't say that I have. Haven't had the chance yet. Be be nope. ready, because you could be driving to work. You work from home? No, I drive to work. There you go. You could be driving to work and see something, and I think you're one of those people that would react. <laughs> All right, so those are my officers that saved lives this week. Now, on with the woodworking portion of the, of the uh, broadcast. I want to introduce my friend Hung from Wiley Woodworks. Hung and I have been friends on Instagram for almost two years, right? Yeah. He is an amazing woodworker who inspires me to get better and start learning about hand tools every day. I have two planes, hand planes, that I look at from across the shop that I have no idea what to do with. And I know that if I had any questions, I could just ask my buddy Hung. So, Hung... 
Welcome to the woodworking portion. And if you could please tell us how you started in woodworking, why you started in woodworking, and what you hope to accomplish from your woodworking. Sure. So I uh, started back in 2015, I believe. Um, I had just purchased my first house. Well, my only house I purchased. <laughs> so It's your first um, house, that counts. Yeah, it's my first house. Um, and uh, I was trying to find bar stools, just simple bar stools to put into my house. And everything I looked at was like $100 or so per bar stool. And I was like, dude, this is ridiculous. Like, why yeah, would right. I buy... Like four chairs is four hundred dollars. No wow. thanks. <laughs> so um, I had tools back then. I just had a basic circular saw and a drill, and um, I decided to just make my own bar stools. And I bought lumber, and lumber back then was dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, I made it out of like two by fours and some pine, and it was uh, I think the total cost for lumber was about forty or fifty bucks for, for all four. For all four. Wow. All four. Yeah. So it's like 10 bucks able... a chair. I know. <laughs> you saved $90 per chair. I know. <laughs> so essentially that's how, that's why I got started. I just wanted to save money. And obviously with my growing shop, I, and my increasing amount of tools, I obviously am not saving as much as I should now. <laughs> but, no, you save um... up, but then you buy the tools. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, so. <laughs> you're still saving. You're making some awesome furniture that was much less expensive for you to make it yourself, and you've made it, and it can be handed down. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. So every piece you've made has a story. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's essentially why I got started. I wanted to save money and build my own furniture, and I mean, after that project and a couple others, it just... I just fell in love with woodworking. I kept uh, trying to find as much information and watch as much YouTube as I could. That's how I got started and how YouTube I learned. YouTube University. Yeah, YouTube University, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's been it's been fun. So, I'm, I'm loving it and uh, hope to uh, continue. So, every time I, I, I look at your feed every day, obviously, as you know that I do, your shop has grown like really exponentially in the last two years, right? Right. It's amazing what you've got into your shop as far as new tools and stuff that you're doing. And I was joking with Brandon because he said he wants to, to learn actual woodworking joinery techniques instead of pocket holes and screws and glue. Mm -hmm. And I told him about your 30-day dovetail challenge that you did last year. How'd you get into <laughs> that? You know, I don't, uh, I really don't know. I just, I think I just got to a point where, because dovetails, I think, is just on every woodworker's list to do yeah. and try out. And I think I just got to the point where I wanted to do them. And I remember my first set of dovetails and I had the, uh, I had bought the Jonathan Katz Moses jig, the dovetail yeah. jig. And I was like, oh, sweet. I have this, this cool jig and I'm totally going to be able to make like dovetails easy and my first dovetails they were total crap like yeah, <laughs> they well, were so terrible yeah and i uh i stopped doing it for the longest time after because it was just it was just a bad demoralizing experience. yeah totally yeah. demoralizing but then after i don't know after a few 
maybe month or so, I just decided, you know what, I'm going to try it. I had heard about this 30-day dovetail challenge, and I just wanted to try it out and get proficient at it. And so I made myself do it. And uh, obviously, starting out, my dovetails were pretty bad. And, um, you know, just as as the days progressed, you could see the... Um, I could see myself getting better. And I mean, if you want to do dovetails, like a lot of people just say you should just practice on actual furniture, furniture builds and such. But I think, I don't the... know about that. <laughs> I mean, I'd have, you to could. Scrap, like, throw a fur- I'd have to throw my furniture away. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be usable. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could, it, but I think the practice itself, it gave me more confidence and the fact that I knew that I wasn't, because, I mean, I was just doing the challenge on scrap material I had lying around. So it didn't right. waste any money, and it was a good good way to get the practice in, you know? So Yeah, I've really enjo- I enjoyed watching that process. And, and just in 30 days of you doing it every day improved your dovetails tremendously. Yeah, for sure. Have you incorporated that into any of your woodworking now? Uh, I've done a few projects with dovetails, but for the most part, I don't do it because it is time consuming. I'm still, I mean, I think I'm proficient enough to, I'm, I'm decent at them. I would say, um, there is room for improvement, but, um, I don't incorporate them too often in my builds because it does take a long time for myself or for me to do it. And so, um, but I've done, I've done it here and there, so I want to build some drawers using dovetail joinery because, for one, it makes the drawers stronger. But, two, if I screw it up, they'll be hidden because they're drawers. Does that make sense? (laughs) I get it, yeah. Because it's not going to be a showing piece that someone walks in and goes, holy shit, who did that drawer? You know, I can pull it out and put it away. So I do want to learn that. Like you said, every woodworker should do that. I've declared with Brandon I'm not actually a woodworker. I just work with wood. And there's a difference. And I, you know, you're you're a woodworker, and I'm a woodworker wannabe. That's a long, that's three W's <laughs> there. So I really enjoyed watching that part of your stories because it's with anything else, practice, practice, practice becomes perfection. I don't know how much Christian Sapp has practiced, oh, but man, as you know, is... Christian's dovetails have to be the cat's meow on Instagram. Yeah, that guy's fantastic at dovetails. He probably knocks them out like probably like 10 by the time I, maybe 20 by the time I do one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. And the, all the different, I didn't know there were different types of dovetails, like the houndstooth dovetail, all this right, other right, stuff. Right. I have no idea. So yeah. just to see someone else take the time to learn it was very cool and inspirational to me. So yeah. one of these days, I know you'll start incorporating it more into your stuff what are you working on now what's on your bench besides the we know the baby's here so you're kind of slowing down but <laughs> you're doing a changing table right yeah the changing table's finished um and i think i i mean i have a bias but i actually really like how it turned out yeah it's cool um so it'll be you'll see it tomorrow or okay maybe i'll just text it text you a picture today. yeah text me the picture <laughs> but um for everyone else listening by the time they listen to this podcast which will be next week uh, they'll be able to see your piece of furniture on your feed yeah i i think it turned out back a little bit yeah i think it turned out pretty good um so i don't know but on my bench right now i'm not a whole lot i just put in some shelves in my house and um 
besides that, I was thinking of uh, building out uh, an L desk because I'm trying to kind of make my office at home more efficient. Okay. So I think the L desk is the way to go because right now I'm just ha- I just have this ginormous desk that's sitting in the corner and I think it's taking up too much space and it's not really uh, you know it's not practical. Right. If so. you can make it two pieces in a corner. Yeah. Right. Then you yeah. can have extra. You might have more. Actually, you might have more room and it'll fit better in the room. Right. Right. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm still in the designing phase for that. So we'll see how it, how it turns out. How do you design your stuff? Do you sketch it on paper or do you use a software? I usually just sketch it on paper. I am not tech savvy at all. Okay. And so I'm usually just pencil and paper. <laughs> for like I use graph paper because it's got the squares and I can I can dedicate each square to be a quarter inch or a half inch or an inch. I don't uh-huh. know. Do you just use lined paper or graph paper? I just use you should see my sketches. They're just like drawings, like really, really like terrible kid drawings type right, things. But it and then works I just, for you. Yeah, it works for me. Um, I mean, if I want to get into like the really, really detailed part of it, I'll use graph paper or dot paper. Okay. But for the most part, if I'm if I just want to get an idea down, I just draw out simple lines and then have like my measurements of what I kind of want want the size I want it to have. And then um, usually in the shop, what I find that I enjoy most is just working on the fly. I think that that's probably the most fun I have in the shop rather than going off plans. So yeah, I I, tend to build on the fly as well. Yeah. I get a general idea of what I want to do. And then I just start, I start it because if I, if I plan too much, it seems overwhelming to me, and then I, yeah. I think about it too much, and then I don't want to do it. Yeah. So if I just go, I have to do this, I'm going to start it, and then I, I do it on the fly. So. Right. I, yeah, I, I think those that way is more fun for me, at least. You get to problem solve on the spot and yeah. try to figure things out. So I'm glad I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> with, with that aspect. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, you know, it's funny, a lot of our listeners that are not great woodworkers but you know they they like to hear that there are people like us that or me that struggle doing certain things and oh i struggle all the time you just don't see it right because we're not going (laughs) to usually post that part yeah some of us will but i I like the people that post their failures as well because we can all learn from accidents and failures and mistakes from each other and that's what's so great about the community is learning from each other and people going, hey, I screwed this up doing it this way, so if you're going to do it, don't do it this way. And I think yeah, that's a definitely. big help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like I like posting some stuff that I think that I don't do well on, like the that farmhouse bench that I just took apart today. Yeah, I was watching, I was looking at that one and why you were taking <laughs> it apart. Yeah, I mean, the, the furniture I built in my dining room doesn't uh, match with that. Um, the furniture in the dining room right now is like a mission style that I built. And so the farmhouse bench has been sitting there as an eyesore to me. And oh, okay. <laughs> I just figured it was time to take it out because, I mean, I need more, more space in the house. And so I don't know if you noticed there was like zero glue in that build. <laughs> I was looking at all the things you were unscrewing. Yeah, and not even that. Like, I was using, like, three different types of screws. I don't know if you noticed I had three different drills with three different bits. Like, I'm like, what What was I thinking back then? I probably was just reaching for whatever screws could 
I could have yeah. on hand. <laughs> right. So, That's pretty funny. Yeah, it was it was, uh, it was interesting. It's it's always fun going back and disassembling things um, that I built pre- uh, previous, and I mean it's it's always fun. It is fun, and you've actually taken a lot of your old stuff apart and made it into new stuff, which is yeah. your repurposing and recycling stuff is amazing. So yeah. it's cool for you to, if you have another idea and you need to take something apart, if you want to build something else, you have material there that you may be able to use by dissembling that and putting in something else. So you get Yeah, a, definitely. I've seen you do that quite a few times, and it, it works fantastically. Yeah. <laughs> so if you were to give a woodworker shout-out on Instagram, who's your Instagram woodworker shout-out for this week? You know, I really enjoy uh, my friend Matt over at Shapeshifter Woodworks. Um, I love Matt. Yeah, he's great, isn't he? Yeah, his stuff is his stuff is what I aspired to kind of build towards. His okay. his work is fantastic. I think with hand tools and just um, his builds in general are are great. So. I completely agree. He's an amazing woodworker, and I can see a lot of his work in your work, if that makes sense. <laughs> I can tell that he's someone that you look up to because yeah, the work that definitely. you've done with your hand tools compared to his stuff, you're you're right on track to get there. Yeah. So I can so, see that in your work. So congratulations because I can't think of a better person hand tool-wise to emulate. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, so I totally agree. And then it was a shame that his, his shop and his house and stuff got taken away by a tornado yeah, but he has slowly terrible. rebuilt his home, a new home and a new shop. So Matt does some fantastic work. If anybody wants to check in on that page, it's uh, inc- he's incredible. So yeah. my uh, woodworker shout out of the week is my buddy Don. Don Can, the, the dysfunctional woodworker. Don is a fantastic human, first of all, and he does some really cool stuff. He just finished a riding bull for a baby or a young child and it's amazing Buford is is his name the bull's name and he hand did everything by hand it's an amazing piece of work so if you get a chance to check out his page it just got picked up today and it's going to its final home so Don is my woodworker of the week woodworker slash maker because we have to you know makers and woodworkers unite yeah (laughs) for sure well Hung I want to say thanks for joining us tonight I know it's it's late for you, and you're out on the West Coast, and you have the baby. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you very much for joining us. It was a big pleasure to have you. I've got oh. just a few things I want to say, uh, so thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was uh, fun. It was my first experience with the podcast, so Woo-hoo. definitely enjoyable. <laughs> thanks for being on my podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Oh, you're my first actual me. guest other than Brandon. Yeah. You're the first guest and hopefully a history of guests to come. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. I want to say uh, to everybody else, thanks for listening. I want to thank Brandon for being here until his internet dropped out. I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh, We will make it up to you uh, next week. And remember, new episodes of the Handcuffs and Sawdust podcast are released every Wednesday. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts, except for Apple. We're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, Pocket Cast, and Pandora. Don't forget to send your questions to the Handcuffs and Sawdust Podcast at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, we will answer them on the air. And with that, I'm going to say good night, Hung. Good night, Mike. And everybody else out there, be safe in the shop and on the street. Take care. Night, everyone. <laughs>